Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the Drow Race. This is part of our race overview series. We go over all the possible player races, and as is the theme of this series, uh, I don't know how to say whether it's Drow or Drow. This is part of the featured races. I'm pretty sure most people say Drow. Yeah? Yeah. It gets confusing when you talk about driders, which are drow spiders, and it's like, ooh, which vowel did they replace the I <laughs> or the soft O? We'll never know. But, you know, I like, instead of drow, I like dro, because it kind of rhymes with, you know, drone, which is what you just do, oh, on and on and on. So I just figured that, that word's so much in my mind when we record, it's got to be dro. One day, Caleb. <laughs> Wait, is that, did you just threaten my life on national radio? Hey, you said that, not, not me. I just meant, you know, one day. So yes. It doesn't mean anything specific, really. <laughs> so drow are dark elves, uh, which is racist, but they are dark elves. Literally dark elves. They were, they were elves at some point, and then in their history, something dark and evil happens, and then they get all tainted, and they're dark elves, and they get shoved underground, and that's why the drow are eaten. Drow are similar in stature to humans, but share the slender build and features of elves, including the distinctive long pointed ears. Their eyes lack pupils and are usually solid white or red. Drow skin ranges from a coal black to a dusky purple. Their hair is typically white or silver, though some variations is not unknown. Funny, because I always picture drows of having blue skin. No, it's kind of kind of purple, you know, dark, dark. Mm. I think, uh, you know, we can always compare this to Elder Scrolls races. The Dunmer are the dark elves, right? And they kind of have a purple tint to their skin. You can think of it like that. I don't know what that one is. I played a, I played some of the game, but I, I don't get all these hip references, okay? I'm not, I'm not in the in crowd, Christian. Hip. It was released in like 1990. <laughs> I, hear, I hear it's popular with the kids and the mods and the Steams and the internet and the PC Master Race. I too know how computers work. <laughs> but uh, so I think something important to mention about the Drow is that they are a matriarchal society, which means they're run by girls. I, I know my I know my words. <laughs> and we'll see when we actually get to the um, size categories that I think women are a little bit bigger in Drow society or Drow, drow genealogy. I guess it would be. Well, let's talk about their sizes. Men are between five foot six inches to six foot four inches. The women are five feet six inches to six foot eight inches. So you are correct, sir. The men around one hundred to one hundred fifty pounds. The women one hundred and twenty to one hundred and ninety. See, this is see. I like this race. We talked about this earlier. I really like it. They, it's, uh, it's really nice to have a race that mixes stuff up a little bit. Definitely, definitely. They are adults at one hundred and ten years, uh, which would be similar to our elf. As a matter of fact, I think they're exactly the same as elf. Yeah. Uh, because then they're middle at. 175, old at 263, again, what a weird number, and venerable at 350, and live to a maximum of 350 plus 4D percentile years, which I think is exactly the same as the elf. Yeah, I think it's identical to the elves. I actually kind of liked, I I was reading their, you know, their society and their culture and their relations and all that stuff. It's pretty interesting that, that when they call them dark, they really mean like dark in their heart. They... They see everyone in two categories, it says, either slaves or soon-to-be slaves. <laughs> and they, they drastically hate elves. But they kind of, like, there's a few people who are like, oh, I guess I'm okay. I guess you'll be okay. Like, hobgoblins are like, you're slaves, but you're not as bad slaves, okay? We'll give you a little bit of rank. But people like humans are like, <laughs> gullible. Let's use them and kill them all. And everyone else, I think ev- literally everyone that's not a drow see drow as a very bad thing. I know in at least two of the adventure paths, Drow are actually the main enemies of the adventure paths that uh, Paizo publish. There's a line here. Some stories tell that given the right circumstances, a particularly hateful elf might turn into a Drow, though such a transformation would require a truly heinous individual. First off, heinous is great. 
You hear that a lot in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And uh, I think that's very interesting how an elf can, can become a dark elf, that you can exchange a race like that. It's unique, I think. But let's talk about their stats. Yeah, if an elf spontaneously turned to a drow, he would get all these stats, I think. Yes. <laughs> uh, they're nimble and manipulative. They gain a plus two dex, plus two charisma, and a minus two constitution. Interesting spread. Drow are humanoids with the elf subtypes. They don't get any special subtype for being drow. They're just elves, essentially. Yep. Medium creatures. They have a base speed of 30 feet. They have weapon familiarity of the hand crossbow, the rapier, and the short sword. Means proficient with those three things. Those are three very good weapons to get free proficiency with. Uh, drow begin play speaking both elven and undercommon. So they don't start with common, they start with undercommon. Drow with high intelligence scores can choose from the following languages. Abyssal, Aklo, Aquan, Common, Draconic, Drow Sign Language, the most important one. Which has been renamed to Sackvroth. I'm not sure when that was changed. Oh, really? I think, yeah. it, I think it, was, it was very recently. Uh, so recently as of 7716. I prefer DSL. DSL. Uh, no oh, drown something. <laughs> <laughs> I just got that. Communication's very slow. Uh, gnome and Goblin. They are immune to magical sleep effects and gain plus two racial bonus and saving throws against enchantment spells and effects, which I believe is the same as elves. And next, we come to one of the reasons that drow are considered overpowered. We didn't actually mention it when we talked about the drow initially, and we really should have. The drow is a horribly overpowered race, and this is one of the reasons why. Drow innately have spell resistance equal to six plus their character level. Is that good? That's insane for free? Yes. <laughs> like, what's a dragon spell resistance usually? Um, I think, like, high spell resistance is 11 plus your, like, character level. Oh, so it's like medium average. Yeah, but wow. still, like, just for being a drow, spells have a good, like, I think that's, like, almost a 40% chance of failing against you if you're fighting someone of equal cast. Wow. Just like the elves, they have keen senses, get plus two um, perception checks. Drow get a host of spell-like abilities they can use each once per day. They can cast Dancing Lights, Darkness, and Fairy Fire, uh, two of them being incredibly powerful spells. You know, Darkness, what level is that? That is a level two spell from everything. And Fairy Fire being, um, you basically, you make a very bright outline on a target so that they cannot be concealed in any way. Yeah, the only thing it's good for is for people trying to turn invisible. But those those are very, very useful spell-like abilities. There's, they have poison use, which means that they can never risk accidentally poisoning themselves. And as Caleb had mentioned, they are a very dark society. Poisoning people and killing them and murdering people outright is a very commonplace thing to happen in drow society. It's Listen, how you move up in the ranks. It's fun. You do it for kicks. Yeah. <laughs> drow have superior dark vision allowing them to see perfectly in the dark up to 120 feet compared to the normal 60-foot blind sense. Excuse me, dark vision. Makes sense. Light blindness. As deep underground dwellers naturally, drow suffer from light blindness. Abrupt exposure to any bright light blinds drow for one round. On subsequent rounds, they are dazzled as long as they remain in the affected area. So this is like the beginning of Fallout every time you come out of your vault. <laughs> Just imagine if that lasted for the rest of the game. I turned the volume down. It's quite annoying. Dude, holy crap. They have a lot of alternate racial traits. They're almost treating these like a core race. They, in a sense, are, because they're technically elves. But just what we have so far, they were based, they're elves, except you switch out the intelligent for charisma, and then you throw on, like, three extra abilities. Mm -hmm. You got your super dark vision, your spell resistance, your spell-like abilities, and your random weapon familiarities. Well, let's check out their alternate racial traits. 
First is Ambitious Schemer. Seduction and treachery are tools for advancement in drow society. You may choose either bluff or diplomacy as a class skill, and you gain a plus two bonus on such skill checks. This replaces keen senses. Mm, that's okay. I mean, you're trained a plus two for plus two. Perception's typically very good, but I can see needing bluff or diplomacy. Right. Ancestral Grudge. This replaces poison use. The enmity, great word, between the drow and elves and dwarves is long-standing and deeply entrenched. Drow with this racial trait gain a plus one bonus on attack rolls against humanoids with a dwarf or elf subtypes, with the exception of Drow. I'm glad they put that in. Because of their special training against these rivaled foes. Reviled foes. Apologize. Words look similar to each other. Next is Blasphemous Covenant. A drow consort with demons. They gain a plus two bonus on diplomacy checks made against unbound creatures with a demon subtype. Unbound meaning that, like, someone hasn't subjected them to their will, I believe. Or, like, like you, ha- hasn't specifically summoned them. You didn't summon, summon them or something. Them. Yeah. Furthermore, demons conjured with any summoned spell gain plus two hit points per hit die. Lastly, the cost of bribes or offerings for any planar ally spell cast by these drow to summon a demon is reduced by 20%. This replaces both Keen Senses and Poison Use. So there's a summoner, uh, there's a host of summoner things, magical items that can specialize you in a type of beast you'll summon. And you don't even have to be a summoner. It can be any creature that has summoned monster. I'm sorry, any class that has summoned monster on their abilities or spell list, I should say. And you can add demons to your list with one of these magic items. I forget what it's called. And I imagine if you're going to really be focusing on this, if you got this with that magical item, you could, man, two hit points per hit die, especially later on in levels, that can be pretty powerful. Next is Darkland Stalker. The lands outside of Drow cities, from rough-hewn tunnels to rocky caverns, are treacherous to navigate. Drow with this racial trait may move through difficult terrain without penalty while underground. In addition, Drow with a dexterity of 13 or higher gain nimble moves as a bonus feat. This replaces the spell-like abilities racial trait. Um... This is, I was going to say this is overpowered, um, except that it's replacing spell-like abilities. I think it's a fair trade. <laughs> An overpowered thing for another overpowered thing. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> fair trade. Next is Seducer. Ooh. Ooh. Certain drow possess an innate understanding of the darkest desires that lurk in every heart. Ooh. Drow with this trait add plus one to the saving throw DCs for spells and spell-like abilities of the enchantment school. In addition, Drow with a Wisdom score of 15 or higher may use Charm Person once per day as a spell-like ability. This replaces Drow Immunities. Uh, I think it's an equal trade. That seems pretty good, and the Elven Immunities are pretty good. That's good. Yeah, I mean, plus one to all enchantment schools. There's some very, very powerful enchantment spells out there. I just like the Charm Person. I think it's a powerful spell. Yeah, it definitely has a spell-like ability. Then there's Surface Infiltrator, replaces Dark Vision and Light Blindness. Some Drow dwell close to surface land, either because they serve Drow causes or were exiled. Drow with this racial trait gain low light vision, allowing them to see twice as far as humans in conditions of dim light. This replaces the Dark Vision and Light Blindness racial traits. Essentially, you're saying, I'll get a lesser vision of my sight if I can get rid of my Light Blindness. Which is fine. I don't think it's necessary, but, you know, if you just don't want to deal with the minus one, then... I think it's very necessary if you're going to do an above-land campaign. You, it, not every campaign is all underground. I've never done an all-underground campaign or one that was even you know majority underground or even half underground. So <laughs> I would definitely pick this if I was not planning to go underground very often. I don't need that minus one to everything. Though it would fit good if you're a good role player. You ever listen to Narnia? No, I say listen because I didn't read them. I listened to the um, 
audio drama. It's an audio drama. But it's uh, one of the ones is uh, the silver chair, and they end up, spoiler alert, going underground, and they reach all these underground doors, essentially like drow, but like if their drows were mixed with halflings. And they had a code. Ooh, I shuddered. <laughs> <laughs> they have a code to go anywhere, and that's, uh, they say, many sink down and few return to the sunlit lands. And it's like this code to get places, but they say it so often. Like the main characters are like, uh, every time it starts happening later on, they're like, and few return to the sunlit lands. It's not a very good code if you use it all the time in front of people. <laughs> but that's a good book. They have a. You, you remember I told you I did like Jadis the White Witch from Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe and Magician's Nephew? That's because I just liked she was cool. They did another witch in that one who is all about charming. You're talking about charming here. It is such, man, Caleb, this is the Caleb Recommends Narnia Hour, where I think this is part of every episode now where I <laughs> recommend Narnia, but it's good. It's, it's, I'm sorry, it's an audio drama? I've never heard of this. you never heard of an audio drama? It's no, pretty I've much, never in my life. It's like a TV show, except just all done with audio. So it's a podcast. No, because it's it's like a, it's like theater. It's it's meant to be as if it's not reading the book to you. It's the characters are saying their lines, and then I guess a narrator tells you things in between. Okay, okay. I can't. I don't know what else to compare it to. No, that makes perfect sense. I just I haven't heard of that before. Oh man, it's really really good. It's far better than audiobooks, in my humble opinion. So with that out of the way, hopefully we haven't lost all of our listeners to this tangent I went to that was neither funny nor really all that informative. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, racial archetypes. They have Cavern Sniper for the fighter and Demonic Apostle for the cleric. Hi, I'm Caleb. And I'm Dom. And I'm David, and we're a part of the Trailblazers podcast. What is Trailblazers, you're asking yourself right now? Well, our podcast is difficult to describe. Yeah, it's kind of like a Senate meeting, except with less filibusters and more rolling for initiative. It's like going to the movies, except instead of watching professional actors create compelling storylines, you're listening to a bunch of guys just pretending to be professional actors. It's sort of like going skiing with your friends, if your friends are able to cast spells, wield swords, and there was no skiing involved. It's like going to court, but with less arguing and... Wait, no. There's probably about the same amount of arguing. It's like going to the bank, but instead of tellers behind the windows, it's just three guys role-playing. So if any of that sounds good to you, then you'll love our actual play podcast where we get together and play the Pathfinder role-playing game. We'd love to have you guys join us every Tuesday right here on the Trailblazer Network. Hope to see you there. So wait, it's just a couple of guys playing Dungeons & Dragons? No, 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 are no, you no, crazy? No. It's called Pathfinder. What, are you trying to get a suit? And now let's get to their racial feats. Again, a good number of feats. This is kind of like not not really the focus of a core race, but pretty close. Yeah, definitely more than we've seen so far. I think we're going to see for most of the advanced uh, race guide class races. Wow. The first feat we got is Drow Nobility. And you just can't replace your spell-like ability racial trait to take this feat. You may use Detect Magic as a spell-like ability at will... And add Featherfall and Levitate to the spell-like abilities that you may use once each day. Your character level is your caster level. If I are any martial class with bonus feats, I would love to take this just to get mm. some spell-like abilities. These are all really, really good spell-like abilities. It Levitate's pretty good. Featherfall, just once a day, like, oh no, I'm falling, someone else is <laughs> falling, the MacGuffin is falling, well now it's not. <laughs> There's improved drown ability. You need drown ability, charisma 13. You may use your dancing lights, fairy fire, featherfall, levitate, spell like abilities twice per day. Your darkness spell like ability instead becomes deeper darkness, which may which you may use twice per day. Wow. That's really, really strong. Hey, I, I'm a caster, but I'm not. I'm a fighter, <laughs> but I have all these extra feats. Now I'm a caster. 
your fighter has superior dark vision and starts casting deeper darkness every fight, <laughs> things are going to get... Woo. Uh, there's one more feat to the chain, and it's greater drow nobility. You just need the previous two feats and 13 charisma. Your detect magic spell like ability is now constant. Nice. You may use your dancing lights, deeper darkness, fairy fire, feather fall, and levitate spell like abilities at will. Pretty good. That is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, if I ever <laughs> played a drought character, I would take this literally every time. You would you would spend three feats to do it, even if you detect didn't have a magic. Feet, what if you didn't have a feat heavy class? What if you were a, magi- uh, a caster of some kind? Would you still do it? Maybe, R- maybe. Uh, just, I don't. <laughs> I can't think of another way to get permanent detect magic and things like that. That's insanely powerful. Seems pretty good, especially for some sort of martial class. Yeah, so just put a couple points in spellcraft, and you, you know you don't need the wizard anymore. <laughs> There's the last one part of this chain: Nobel Nobel Peace Prize, Noble Spell Resistance. Charisma 13, Wisma 13, Greater Drown Ability, and you'd be level 13. Your spell resistance is equal to 11 plus your character level. Hi, I'm a dragon. <laughs> and you also get a plus one circumstance bonus on any diplomacy and intimidate checks made against any drow. Wow. Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> it's a lot of feats to do this, though. It's the fourth feat in this chain. And you need to be level 13. It's, yeah, so technically not all the feats. You will have spare feats, but that's so insanely powerful. Pretty good. Hi, I'm a dragon. Nice to meet you. You better be- Hi, I'm the you should come with the language draconic. You can speak draconic now. Hi, I'm the fighter that for some reason solves all my problems by levitating everywhere. <laughs> and also you can't hit me with spells for some reason. It's a good thing they spell like abilities because I couldn't even cast a spell on myself if I wanted to. <laughs> so Umbral Scion. You need up to greater drow nobility to take this. Select one of the following. Dispel magic, divine favor, or suggestion. You may use a spell once per day as a spell-like ability. You it also, a, you, also need a, you also need a wisdom of 13. Um, though there is a point here. I just thought of this. If I'm a fighter, I am wasting my precious ability score points onto charisma and wisdom to do these. Mm, not really. You would technically only need 11 and a headband. And drow start with 12 charisma, so you would only need to put one little point in charisma. I still think it would be super worth it. Dispel magic, divine favor, or suggestion. Those are so good. Yeah. All of those. That's not even like, oh, one of them's good. Those are all really good. But guess what, Christian? There's even more to this. No. Improved Umbral Scion, which two words <laughs> I don't know but sound so cool. Charisma 13, Wisma 13, Drow Nobility, Greater Drow Nobility, Improved Drow Nobility, Umbral Scion, able to use Drow like spell like abilities. Wow. Just for the heck of it, you also need to be Drow. There, I've said everything now. <laughs> drow rhymes with wow. You may use Dispel Magic, Divine Favor, and Suggestion once per day as spell-like abilities. Also, Christian, good job. Your your Hooked on Phonics is working for you. Wow, it does rhyme with drow. (laughs) Good job, buddy. Uh, Dispel Magic, fantastic. We already said Divine Favor, though. So what, you get another Divine Favor? Well, yeah. um, You would take Umbral Scion first, and you'd have one of these already. So now basically one of these three you can cast twice per day, and the other two you can cast once per day. It, it gets more disgusting. I just don't know what to say. <laughs> but Elsa how that. many feats have we jumped in to do this, Christian? Many Five? feats. I don't care. It's worth it. But even, like, the fighter has all these bonus feats, just because there's a lot of combat feats you want to do. If you wanted to be a ranged guy, you have to have all these, like, prerequisite feats to get any sort of build going. Now you're saying take five away from me? That is asking me something. I understand this is powerful, but I, understand, but I think five feats is an appropriate amount for it. 
I mean, you have to think that's five feats over what? This would be like level 15. By then, the fighter's gotten like, you know, 15 plus feats. Yeah, I guess. I still think it's a, a lot of cost, and I, and I give it to it as a lot of cost. I think it's well worth that okay. high cost. All right. Maybe, of course, maybe not for every character, but there's never a point where I'd be like, oh, this is a bad idea, don't pick this. Unlike a lot of other racial feats we've seen where, like, true. this this is a terrible idea, please don't pick this. They were true, like, true. Mm, drow, drow, let's just give them, let's just give them stuff. Let's just shove all this in their feet. You know what they should have? Everything. <laughs> so we finally get to Shadowcaster. You need to be a first level caster to take this feat. And when you lay a trap card face down and activates, you send them to the shadow realm. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Oh wait, casts... uh, wait, Christian, let me find my watch. What time is it? Oh, it appears to be time to. All I have are my magic cards nearby. Will that suffice? <laughs> I guess so. They all are pretty much the same game. Am I right? Oh, lost five subscribers. <laughs> five. I think you lost me. Bye. <laughs> no. Hey, look, I just gained those ten subscribers back. <laughs> They're hiding behind my nose. What happens? Tell me it, Christian. You're wasting time with these jokes. Hey, hey. When you cast spells as a shadow subschool or spells with the darkness or shadow descriptor, you are considered two levels higher when determining the duration of those spells. Eh. Wait, isn't there like some sort of shadow um, archetype that this would be great with? Mm, Maybe. I want to say probably not great. Two levels higher will only matter like levels one through three. And then after that, it's a dead feet essentially really yeah um anything that lasts a minute per level you're probably not getting that much use out of it the stuff you're really worried about is the round per level stuff hmm. which you know level one getting three rounds versus one rounds is a really big deal but getting like for instance eight rounds versus six rounds is there's almost no difference okay the fight's usually over in what three four rounds Next is Spider Climber. Oh, hey, look, we're remembering our D&D roots. You can cast Spider Climb once per day as a spell-like ability. Using character levels to cast for level. Furthermore, you gain plus four bonus on saving throws against the web. Special attacks of spiders and the effects of web and other similar spells. If you guys don't know in D&D, I like, think Drow could like transform into spiders or something like driders. that. Driders. That's something in Pathfinder as well. So, they, yeah, they're very. it's very thematic to the origins of Drow. They have a spider matron and things like that. Uh, this is, uh, even if it wasn't for the the bonus on saving throws, Spider Climb once per day spell-like ability is awesome. Yeah, but I don't know. I personally wouldn't waste a feat on it. Spider Summoner. You gain the ability to summon powerful spiders. Creepy. Uh, for a prerequisite, you must be able to cast Summon Monster or Summon Nature's Ally. When you cast either a Summon Monster spell or a Summon Nature's Ally spell, your options increase depending on the level of the spell. You can now summon the spiders listed below. And there's just a list of spiders at different levels that drow with this feat can summon in, say, they use Summon Nature's Ally 1, they get a certain spider added to that list, so on and so forth. Some of them are summoned with the either Celestial or Fiendish template, depending on whether you are good or evil. Furthermore, when you summon spiders using Summon Monster or Summon Nature's Ally, the DC of the Summon Monster's poison and web effects increases by 2. I guess if you really want to do spiders, this is a great option for you. If you, if you don't, want to be then ignore it. Spider-Man or Spider-Woman, go for it. This is It's actually a pretty strong feat. I think summoners are kind of locked into um, spell focus and spell specialization or like augment summoning or whatever, but this would still be nice to take. Sure. So with the advanced race god came race equipment. So one of the ones that the drow gets is Light Killer's Grease. 
grease, like, you know, greasing up a pig. Yes, like what comes out of my hair as an Italian man. <laughs> when combined correctly, this black tarry mass absorbs light. It must be applied around a creature's eyes, which is a full round action, thank you for telling me, to work. When worn, it negates the dazzle conditioner from exposure to bright light and grants a plus one alchemical bonus on saving throws against spells and effects of the light descriptor. The grease is considered an overpowering scent for the purpose of the scent special ability, and a creature with scent can pinpoint the wearer's location at range 10 feet instead of 5. It remains potent for one hour. Moving the grease forward on action, that requires a gallon of water or another suitable washing liquid. Otherwise, they can't be removed. Huh. This well, is interesting because uh, we're going to be doing the fetchling next, and they have some light sensitivity things built into them in their feet that this could help negate. You can use it even though you're not a drow, right? It's not like it irritates Correct. your eyes Correct. or Correct. It just, it just came out uh, that involves it was made uh, originally by the drow. They originally produced it. This actually wasn't part of the advanced race guide. This came from the monster codex. Oh, interesting. I like it's got like <laughs> I imagine like the raccoon eyes that you see on like burglars. Right, right. Or uh quiet from Metal Gear. Yeah. Metal Gear. Metal Gear. Nano something about nanobots, I don't know. Uh next we have the spider sack, which is a creepy little alchemical tool. I'm not gonna they they kinda describe like the actual use of it, but the the too long didn't read is you have basically <laughs> a little spider sack and you squeeze it and you shoot out a bunch of adhesive rope that acts like a grappling hook. Interesting. Except uh, unlike a uh, normal grass l- grappling hook, all surfaces you aim at have an AC of five, so you can stick it just like right in the ceiling instead of actually having to throw the hook over something, or you can stick it on a wall. How much does it cost? Thirty gold to uh, yeah, thirty gold. I forgot to mention, Light Killer's Grease is twenty-five gold, so pretty cheap. Uh, next is Spider Draw. This is another one that came from the Monster Codex, made by the Drow, and not only used by them. It's an alchemical fluid which is viscous and clear, and emits a strong chemical spell when exposed to air. It tracks vermin. Spiders, insects, and similar vermin gain a plus five bonus on perception checks and attack rolls against a creature marked with spider draw. If they have the scent ability, they can detect a marked creature at five times in normal range. Note its direction as a free action and pinpoint it when it's within 25 feet. Drows sometimes use spider draw as a contact poison or splash weapon against opponents, allowing vermin to focus on marked targets while the drow retreat, regroup, or move to a more advantageous position. Washing off the spider draws from an action. Interesting. Eh. A little specific? Yeah. If anything else? <laughs> I mean, I, I would like the idea. I would, if my player bought this and then used it, I would totally reward them for thinking outside the box and give them an opportunity to escape, make maybe difficult terrain because there's a bunch of rats around them now. <laughs> oh, ratatouille, you spoiled me again. <laughs> <laughs> but that soup was delicious. Next we have Drow Poison. One of the best poisons when it actually works. <laughs> so it's an injury type poison so it's a poison that you put on a blade or on an arrow or something and you gotta stab them and get in their bloodstream it is only a DC 13 fortitude save uh, it will proc uh, once a minute for two minutes so two separate procs the initial effect if they fail the first proc is unconsciousness for one minute if they fail the next save it is unconsciousness for 2d4 hours wow. but once you make one save you're fine and you wake back up 2d4 hours is enough time to kill somebody <laughs> one minute is nearly enough time to coup de gras somebody I, th- I think it's more than enough time that's 10 rounds <laughs> um it costs 75 gold which by the way i forgot to mention spider draws 25 gold uh 75 gold so you're i mean at least you're gonna be spending some money to get this but dc 13 i feel like you have a good chance to get rid of this as long as you don't have yeah, a and- garbage fortitude <laughs> save even if you go like all the poison specking stuff, I think the highest you could possibly get this is like sixteen, seventeen. And you've got to—they have to fail both of them to get the two d four hours. 
I mean, even the one-minute thing is harsh. Right. But it's still, I mean, that's still, to be unconscious during a battle, you feel as a player very helpless. Yeah. They do have some magical items. So first we got uh, Living Garments. This is a 5,000 gold item. It must be crafted by a drow. Takes up the body slot. These sheer and silky robes, many of which are made of spider silk, are of the finest quality. Hmm. They're really taking the elvish hoity-toitiness with this Do they also stick to you like frickin' spider web? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay, get it. (laughs) On command, a living garment can make a number of subtle adjustments to itself, including coloring, fit, and basic design, accommodating and accentuating whatever mood the wearer wishes to convey. It always remains clean and automatically repairs itself of damage at the rate of one hit point per round. It also grants the wearer a plus five confidence bonus on all diplomacy checks because it's really pretty. <laughs> uh, I like it. I don't know why it has to be drow just because it's spidery, but... Who, who's that designer? It's a cheap... Black if Widow? You don't have a, spot, a spot for your body already, get it temporarily, and you can definitely use some RP with that. Is that brown recluse? Ooh. <laughs> I see you're wearing Ode Day. I can't. I'm I'm not good at jokes like Christian is. Oh, God. What is that? Daddy Longlegger? See, Christian's is so much better than me. Christian, stop it. You're those, making me look bad. Those are the three spider names I know. Christian, I can't get any girls because they're all flocking to you. Because <laughs> of my arachnid knowledge. <laughs> That's right. Send them to me. You're doing it just out of spite. You don't even like them. You just don't want me to have any. Uh... I got... No. <laughs> thanks. I thought we were done with the joke, but thanks for <laughs> Thanks for that four seconds of blank space, and then no. Um, <laughs> I had to really think about it. Aha! <laughs> See, look. I was doing good with the jokes, but then you, you were limited. You ended at some point. You ran out of, of joke energy. I'll think of another spider name. Give me Tarantula. That's another no, one. No, listen. I'll... I'll you... We can, if, if Paizo can have shadow energy, I can make up joke energy, okay? <laughs> Caver's Bolt. 6,000 gold, doesn't take up any slot, and drow, unlike noble drow, cannot use levitate, so sometimes they rely on these magical bolts to keep pace on climbs to the surface world, or when, or when delving deep caves, or when Juan delves deep caves. A caver's bolt resembles a weighty iron-banded crossbow with steel tip. It resizes itself to fit any small or medium crossbow, that's cool, and can be used as a non-magical grappling arrow. Choose a solid surface within range and speak a command word to launch the bolt and embed it in the surface. The launched bolt trails a ghostly purple chain of force connected to the crossbow. Anyone holding the crossbow can speak a command word to retract the chain at a rate of 30 feet per round, pulling the user towards the embedded bolt. Uh, there's a bunch of rules on how much weight it can support, but essentially this is pretty cool. You, this is the hook shot. That, that's, it's a hook shot. That's so cool. This is really neat. I, how have I never seen this item before? That is one of the coolest items. I'm getting a hook shot from now on. All my characters <laughs> hook shot. And it doesn't even need doesn't to go into wood. Wizard, bard, investigator, don't care. They got a hook shot. Yeah, I like it. And that's the drow. Wow. Um, they are a 14 RP, which Asimar, what were they? They were the first ones we did. I'm pretty sure they were also 14. No, they're 15, actually. So a little bit less power than Asimar, according to the RP. I see, I see how you say they're overpowered, but to me it just seems that there's actually some stuff here that aren't garbage. Some other feat. Uh, that's what. how incredibly rude I was just what I just was to the creator's... <laughs> of this book excuse me that was rude to me but what i mean by that is there's a lot of uh feats and alternate class things that i just would never pick under any circumstances here in the draw i see i see a circumstance for every one of these things i might pick them for some reason nothing here would i say never pick so i, I don't know if i agree that they're overpowered i just like that they have uh, everything is a, is a valuable and viable option 
And I think it's well balanced. I think that you, to take five, six feats to to hit those cool abilities to have them, you're you're especially if you're gonna if you're a wizard, it doesn't even really matter to you. Um, if you're a martial character, you have to put point. You have to a spend your feats, and b you have to make sure you have wisdom and charisma up there. I don't know. I think it's pretty balanced. I think as a caster, it definitely matters. Those are some spells that you might not otherwise have access to. They might not be on your spell list for one reason or another. But or I think as just... a caster, I, my feats are premium. And I'm not wasting five feats on stuff that I could do anyway. I mean, we're looking at the fifth feat one, which is powerful. But like even just the one, two, three feats, each were powerful in their own right. It's true. It's not like you have to go all the way up the chain. Just if you have the spare room, it's there. And they're really strong. Spare room where the wardrobe was in the first Narnia book, <laughs> bringing it back to Narnia. Oh, gotcha. Bam, everything goes back to Narnia. Hey, listen, everybody's like, uh, Lord of the Rings, big inspiration for D&D. Yeah, you know what? Get on Narnia, son. Did you know that when Narnia and um, Narnia, when, yes, his name was Narnia, when C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien got together to talk about, they used to be friends and they used to talk about their ideas for their books. J.R.R. Tolkien told uh, C.S. Lewis, you're mixing too many things. Nobody's ever going to read these books. What you, satyrs are mixing with uh, you know, us other stuff that's like completely different mythologies. Take that, J.R.R. Tolkien. Now I see where your affinity for cats come from. Because Narnia is lions. <laughs> I see there's, there's actually a lion behind you in your webcam right now. There, the, he is actually not lying. This is my father ha- got uh, commissioned that painting. I think it's very, very good. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not. Are you, but, to uh, are you saying it's not good, Christian? I'm saying say? the drow are overpowered. <gasps> if someone went to pick a drow, I'd probably say, can you just be an elf instead, please? <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, I think the 14-point buy is a complete lie or a complete misnomer. You're telling <laughs> me that spell resistance lesser is equally powerful on the point by scale as plus two to perception get out of my house no way Uh uh-uh well i think resistance despite being lesser is always there it is more powerful than it seems um it does also mean that you can't cast spells on an ally drow as easily but i don't think that's as much as a consideration honestly well here's what i think i think that the listeners just learned that i'm more fun to play with than you are because i'll let you guys be drow if you want to be oh buying your liking us buying your buying your favor please <laughs> please like me please, please i need more players <laughs> please, please like me all right so uh that's the drow i i like them and i like their theme and i think that uh, they're not overpowered christian disagrees and hates everything that's fun and nice so next that we will be doing is the fetchling kind of shadowy people right yes they're from the plane of shadow infused with the plane of shadow excellent so if we thought the vampire was for edginess maybe this will be even worse we shall find out so see you guys next time for the fetchling thank you all for listening class is dismissed pathfinder academy is part of the trailblazer network for other great pathfinder podcasts visit our site tblazer.net want to get in touch you can email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening. Hey, Jacob, you want to play some D&D tonight? I can't. Uh, I have to go make love to my wife tonight. You know, I don't even know if I love her anymore. I don't really know her. Like, what am I going to do? 
Someone should tell Jacob that people change and it takes effort to stay connected with someone. But in the meantime, the fellows at Tales from the Lich always stay connected through gaming and friendship. When you can't play, listen. TalesFromTheLich.com Hey, uh, ha happy Valentine's Day.